This is not in tune. I wonder how long it's going to take before it's old saying that. But intros to opera. This is our, let's see, our fourth edition. Uh, this is a listening guide, a watching guide to the nightly streaming broadcasts from the Metropolitan Opera that we're creating to go along with them. Uh, the Metropolitan Opera has been streaming operas every day of last week and this week, and they've also announced the program for next week. They release these at 7.30. They're available for 23 hours before they switch to the next one. Last week was mostly Italian opera, uh, except they started with Carmen. Uh, and this week is all Wagner. We started on Monday with Tristan und Isolde, and we've had two uh, episodes, chapters of the Ring Cycle. On Tuesday we had uh, Das Rheingold, and last night we had Die Valkyrie, which means tonight is Siegfried and tomorrow is Goethe Demerung. And on Saturday we continue with Wagner, uh, with uh, Die Meistersinger, and on Sunday Tannhauser will round out our week of Wagner. And next week is very interesting. I, I don't have the list in front of me, but I know it contains uh, Poulenc's Dialogue with Carmelites. It contains John Adams, Nixon, and China. So those are two of my very favorites. Um, Barbara Seville is in there too. Um, so so look I, I look forward to that, and I look forward to sharing those thoughts with you. If any of you caught last night's broadcast of Die Valkyrie, I stayed up till one in the morning watching it. Um, and again, I feel very much like Das Rheingold, as infamous as this production was, as much of a fiasco as it was, over budget, bloated, um, I wanted very much to not like it, and I think it is some of the finest singing, and maybe the, certainly the finest uh, overall singing within a production of The Ring that I've ever seen. Bryn Tearful is astonishing and shattering and gets better and better and better in his third act monologue. Uh, as he's as he's realizing he's going to have to punish his own daughter is stunning. Deborah Voigt is in great voice, great voice. There was a lot of writing after she came back from her gastric bypass surgery that the voice had lost some of its shimmer. Um, I don't know about that, but she is perfect for the Brynhilde. Um, and the rest of the cast, uh, Jonas Kaufmann, uh, Ava Maria Vestbrook, stunning, stunning, stunning. Stephanie Blythe continuing on. Um, and those, those Valkyras, they are loud and awesome. And the production itself, um, similarly, gorgeous, gorgeous images. Again, the end of the Ring of Fire and Brynhilde dangling upside down is, is stunning. Jimmy Levine, the best, just the best there is. Um, and I find myself excited to, to tune in tonight again for Siegfried. After which Siegfried is probably for me, the, the least, the, the one I uh, connect to the least, I, I like the least, I'll even say. Um, it's a very complicated uh, story. It also uh, is the thickest um, with uh, various um, leitmotifs because of all of the, the confluence of so many characters and so many supernatural characters. Um, the story opens uh, in a forest, again, where we see Mima. Now, Mima, we met before in Das Rheingold. He is the brother of Alberecht. Um, he's the one who made Alberecht's hat, the Telmont, that um, allows him to turn into different characters. And this is many years later, and he's in the forest. He is a uh, metalsmith, and he has adopted a human boy that's now grown up into a teenager, and this is Siegfried. He's very unkind to Siegfried. Um, and Siegfried uh, doesn't like him, but he realizes the reason he can't leave him is because he wants to know the origin of his, uh, of his birth. 
um, uh, the, 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 finally he gets, <laughs> finally he gets, uh, vo uh, Mima to tell him this origin story, and it is that he met Sieglinda, um, as she was, uh, as she was giving birth, um, she expired, he took the child to raise for his own, and to raise in a way that the child would eventually be able to go, um, kill Fafner. Now, if you'll remember, Fafner is one of the giants uh, from Das Rheingold, the giant who killed his brother and took the ring and the, the helmet and all the gold and went away uh, into the woods. And what he's done is turned himself into a, a dragon, because that's what you do, and lives in a cave and encircles all his gold with his body and, and guards it. And so I guess in that way we're, we're meant to believe he's uh, been taken over by by lust for 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 wealth. Uh, now, when Mima is telling uh, the story uh, to Siegfried of how he found him, he also tells him that he found the pieces of a sword. Now, you'll remember that sword because that was the sword that was stuck in the tree that got pulled out, that got broke by uh, Voltan's spear when uh, Zygmunt tried to kill Hunding in uh, well, now Siegfried commands Mima to uh, weld it back together to reforge the sword, and um, Siegfried departs, leaving Mima alone. In the second scene of Act One, uh, Wotan comes. He's disguised himself as an old man, as the Wanderer, um, and in return for the hospitality that he gets from Mima, he uh, he he. Uh, makes a wager with Mima uh, about three questions. He, uh, the dwarf, Mima, gets to ask uh, the wanderer three questions and vice versa. Now, the dwarf asks three questions and, uh, of course, Votan gets them all correct. Um, and then Votan, as the wanderer, gets to ask Mima three questions. And the first two he gets, uh, he gets correct. Uh, but the last one, which is who can forge the sword, uh, uh, reforge the sword of Noten, uh, he does, doesn't know. Uh, but Votan takes pity on him and tells him that uh, the answer uh, to that question is that the person who knows no fear is the only person that can uh, reforge the sword. Um, and then in the third uh, scene, Siegfried returns to see how Mima is coming reforging the sword. He's unhappy to find that Siegfried uh, that Mima hasn't been able to do it at all. Uh, and uh, Siegfried realizes that, um, or rather Mima realizes that Siegfried must be the person who knows no fear and he's the one who will reforge the sword and he was the one who's probably going to kill him. So he needs to find a way to teach uh, Siegfried fear before it's too late. So Mima comes up with a poison drink that he's going to make Siegfried drink after they um, go and kill Fafnir and steal all the gold together. Uh, and the act ends with Siegfried deciding to reforge the sword himself, which of course he does, and with the sword intact, he chops the anvil that he's been forging it upon in half. Now, act two, we're still in the forest, but now we're at Fafnir's cage, uh, cave. 
where the dragon is sleeping and Albrecht is uh, watching. Now Albrecht is obsessed with getting his gold back, but he can't get it back because the dragon has it. Um, and Votan appears, again as the wanderer, but Albrecht watches him and the two of them have a, a, a contest, these old enemies. Fafner wakes up, Albrecht offers uh, anything he wants for the ring, all the gold, just he wants the ring, uh, but Fafner dismisses the threat um, and uh, the offer and goes back to sleep. Then Siegfried and Mima arrive. Siegfried goes into the cave uh, and just about, just before he's about to wake Fafner up, he hears a woodbird singing. He tries to, he mimics the song um, using a reed pipe. Um, but, but he's not successful in doing that well, and he doesn't understand what the bird is saying. Um, Siegfried has a short exchange with Fafner before he kills the giant with wounding, wins all of the gold because he's uh, killed the giant, and he gets some of the blood of the giant on his hands, and he touches it to his lips, and he tastes the blood, and upon tasting the blood, he is able to understand the woodbird's song. Uh, and he uh, takes the ring and takes the helmet and the hoard from the hoard and, and leaves uh, the cave. Now, Albert and Mima have been waiting from the outside the cave. They get in a big fight. Albert hides and Siegfried comes, comes out. Um, he says he has not learned fear, but he has uh, won and defeated Fafner. Mima tries to give him a drink, but now uh, because of the, the blood from the, from, from the dragon, Siegfried is able to understand people's thoughts, so he knows the treachery that's about to happen to him, and he kills Mima uh, and throws the body into the treasure with Fafner's body, which he moves to the front of the cave and blocks it. And now he hears the woodbird singing again, but he understands now what the woodbird is saying, and the woodbird is saying, there is a lady who is chained to a rock by a ring of fire, hint, 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 and he should go rescue her. So, Act 3, Siegfried, uh, is on his way to rescue this woman at the rock, where of course it's Brynhilda. There is Brynhilda's father, Voltan, is the wanderer, and he summons Erda. You remember Erda from the first, um, from the prologue, from Das Rheingold. Erda comes up and is confused by Voltan because Voltan now says he no longer fears the end of the gods. In fact, it's what he desired most. Um, he is given everything he has to his children. There is Siegfried from the wall, so Brynhilda, which is Erda's child, and they will work to redeem or destroy the earth. And Erda, Erda sinks back into the earth. And in scene two, Siegfried arrives, and he sees uh, Voltan. He is unafraid. He doesn't know Voltan is his father. They banter with each other. They have a fight. They have a struggle. Um, in the end, uh, the, the Sword of Noting, which of course you remember was destroyed by Wotan when, when, uh, when Siegmund had it. Um, this time in the fight, it's the sword that destroys Wotan's spear, um, and Wotan is defeated, and he calmly picks up the pieces of the sphere and walks away. Um, this is the end of Wotan's power, um, and we are meant to see this sort of paradigm shift where... Um, the humans now have taken over and the gods sink into the shadows. And indeed, the gods hardly appear at all, almost not at all, in Goethe Demerol. Um, I'll come back to that in a second. Siegfried, uh, in the last scene of, 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 of the opera that bears his name, passes into the Ring of Fire. 
He sees Brynhilde, he wakes her, they fall in love, he removes his, 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 they fall in love, he experiences fear for the first time. It is seeing Brynhilde kissing her, falling in love, that creates fear. Love creates vulnerability. Um, uh, and the opera ends with uh, 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 Brynhilde being won over by Siegfried's love. She renounces the world, word of the gods, she becomes totally human, he feels fear for the last time, and together they hail the bright light of love and they laugh at death. Now, uh, what I haven't said yet is that, interestingly enough, Wagner uh, did not set out to write a huge cycle. He set out to write an opera called Siegfried Tod, uh, so the death of Siegfried, um, which then became Gutenberg, because when he got to the end of writing it, he thought he'd go back and write a second opera about the pre-story, about how Siegfried found Brunhilde, and then he realized that there was an opera to do before that, how did Brunhilde end up in the Ring of Fire, and then he realized there needed to be a prologue about um, about Wotan and how did the gold in the ring start. So the whole thing was written backwards in terms of librettos, and then it was written forward in terms of music. Um, so Siegfried was written before Valkyrie. Um, Wagner knew how, how it was all going to go when he wrote Valkyrie. As he goes forward, he gets to the middle of writing Siegfried and he stops and writes both Tristan and Isolde, and he writes um, writes Die Meistersinger, and then he goes back and finishes Siegfried. So musically, you'll hear as we go along, um, Das Rheingold is actually quite conventional. I hope you heard last night, Die Valkyrie is, is quite... Uh, modern already and then it becomes more and more so by the time you get to Goethe Demerung it's hard to believe that that piece is from the middle um late middle but the middle still of the 19th century it's it's pretty stunning in that way we also sort of start to understand um the values of the piece Siegfried of course is a sort of um, perfect man, a um, Zoroastro sort of idea of an Aryan, um, and that's very problematic. Uh, but also, uh, uh, Siegfried is someone who is pure in the sense that he does not have fear, the essential human emotion, um, but he also does not know love, and when he knows love, it comes with fear, and that those two are bound together. And we also see the passing over of generations as mankind uh, usurps the gods, and then later something will usurp mankind. This sort of large picture look that Verdi, uh, that Wagner is is painting of the world. Um, to listen for tonight, um, uh, of course, uh, Siegfried's um, leitmotif, which we heard all over Valkyrie last night, um, that uh, will be more prominent tonight. Uh, obviously, the music of the the songbird is very important to to the second act, and then again the love duet at the end. Um, and as as my my husband has noted, all of these operas are well paced to sort of climax towards the the end. The best music, the best drama, the best uh, effects um, are unavoidably at the end of each of these. Um, 
and the, the beginning of them is very much story, story, story. And it's the same way for the whole cycle. Uh, you, it's a lot of story in Das Rheingold, and finally we're building to the action. Um, Siegfried, in a way, could be seen as the heart of it. Um, it was very dear to Wagner's heart. He named his own son Siegfried. There's a piece that many of you may know called Siegfried's Idol, Siegfried's Idol, um, that is has nothing to do with the opera Siegfried, but instead was a birthday present that he wrote for a chamber orchestra to perform in their house uh, to his son uh, Siegfried. Siegfried, of course, took over the the um, Bayreuth Festival um, uh, after Cosima, his mother, um, passed. Uh, and then uh, that went on to his son, Siegfried's sons are Wieland and Wolfgang. And then it went on to their their children, um, Katharina, and, and there's there's two other daughters, and the daughters, um, two of those daughters now run the Bayreuth Festival. And uh, when we get to Goethe Demerang, I'm specifically going to talk about the Bayreuth Festival and about uh, the Patrice Chirot famous 1977 uh, ring cycle with Pierre Boulez conducting the sort of anti-Wagner approach to Wagner where at the home of Wagner, but there's also a very, um, very complex but um, powerful story about that production and the filming of that production uh, with extended members of the Wagner family who were, who, who sided with the Allies during the Second World War and were sort of anti-Nazis. And of course, the Wagner family uh, has deep ties to, to, to Hitler and to the Nazis. And, and there's, there's, of course, deep problems in, in this repertoire, but also splendid, splendid music. I hope you enjoy tonight's performance. Um, I can't wait to hear Bryn Terfel back. I can't wait to hear Debra, Debbie Voigt back. Um, Eric Owens back as Albrecht. Uh, it, it should be sensational. Um, and we have a new character tonight who is the songbird, uh, which is sung by a soprano. Uh, so I hope to to see you there at, the, at our virtual opera house, maybe meet you at the bar during our virtual intermissions, and uh, we'll touch base tomorrow.